0: love talk radio greetings and good evening welcome to tonight's episode of the vibrarian show I'm your host Joelle and I of course am the vibrarian I am here to elevate enlighten and empower you with information that I trust you will find as interesting as I do I'm here on the Blog Talk Radio Network on Thursday evenings for a little bit of elevational conversation. And it's always a kind of a grab back. You never know what the topic is going to be. I kind of like to call it a cross between... The Indiana Jones, you know, exploring the mysteries and things and also the X Files looking for the truth that is out there. I love having these conversations from week to week and I'm so glad when you all join me for talks. Now you can find the episodes that we have had in the past, we've talked about everything from past lives and astral projection, lucid dreams, chakras, astrology, the moon. I mean, it's been some of everything. You can find these episodes on the Vibrary YouTube channel. It's just like a library, only it's virtual, and that's where you can go to get these archives and episodes. And that is V I B E. R-A-R-Y. You can also join a group of people that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe. We're out here trying to raise the frequency of the planet with love and light. If you're on Instagram or on Facebook, look for The Vibrarian. That's T H E V I B E R A R I A N. If you're out there and you see something that you think needs to be passed on that's going to bring a smile to someone's face or Enlarge their knowledge, please tag me and say Good Vibe Tribe or hashtag GetLifted. That way I can pass those messages on because I'm all about passing on the positivity. There's way too much negative that gets passed on virally, and I'm here to add what I can to the positive push forward. So tonight you can reach us on the call-in line, which is 646-787-8436. If you're calling in and listening to the show and you have a question that you would like to ask, please press the pound or hash one, and that lets me know that you have something that you would like to say, and I'd love to have you join us this evening. Now, tonight's show is something that I am very excited about, but I know I say that every week, but that's because I really am. But um, I have been studying all things metaphysical for quite some time, and One of the things that I love is Astrology now as A child I grew up in the 80s So that means Cosmo magazine was at The grocery store and the drugstore, and every year They would have their annual horoscope It was a thick pamphlet Insert that you could get And it would give you a couple pages About what was coming up for You in the year now this Was exciting to me because the only Other thing that you had were in the monthly magazines little you know three or four sentence horoscopes or in the daily newspaper underneath the gossip columns you would have a one or two sentence kind of forecast for the day I was always intrigued by it, but I was a little, you know, kind of suspicious that this didn't always resonate. But as I got older and started reading more in-depth information and started checking out books about it, I found out that it was a lot more interesting and a lot more accurate than what I had previously thought. And so when I began to study metaphysics in earnest, I tapped into this whole kind of I mean, it's a it's a body of study that rivals any other academic course. And what I found out is that at one point in time, astronomy and astrology were not actually separate fields of study. They were kind of all together in terms of the study of the stars and the planets. So I have been looking at astrology personally and learning about it for some time, but then what I... Figured out, it didn't take me very long to realize there's not just one kind of astrology. People would say, oh, I'm a Western astrologer. And I'm like, well, if you're not a Western astrologer, well, then what kind of astrologer are you? And it turns out there are... Vedic astrologers, there are Chinese astrology, there is Mayan astrology, just to name a few. And so it turns out that there are these systems and ways that developed and evolved at looking at those planets and their placement and their influence on us, that each of these cultures kind of came with their own version of um, looking at the stars and creating these maps. So I've been very curious about the field of Vedic astrology for a couple years now and every time it comes up i bought a book about it and i started to read it and then my eyes started crossing and it started to make mumble jumble it wasn't making sense to me and it was kind of getting me confused with the regular uh, western astrology books that i was jumping into at the time and so i put it on my bookshelf and there it sat collecting dust So a few months ago, I started reading up at Gloria Parker's Big Psychic Fair in Atlanta, Georgia, Roswell, Georgia, and one of the ladies who I kept encountering, she was always smiling when I would pass her and she had a steady stream of people coming back to sit with her and her appointments were full most of the time so I said well who is this lady and I introduced myself and she told me her name was Tisha and that she was a Vedic astrologer and palm reader and psychic so of course I said thank you universe for allowing my path to cross with someone who will provide me the answers that I have been seeking. So I reached out to Deesha, and she was on the Psychic Inside show as my guest on Tuesday, and we got to hear a little bit about her personal journey, discovering her gifts and abilities, and of course, during the conversation, we talked about her work as a professional astrologer, and that she uses the Vedic system, of course, and has great knowledge about that, so I asked if she would come back and join me for the conversation tonight, and she agreed, and so I- I am welcoming you to the conversation tonight Disha Asudani of uh I forget what is the name of your uh website it's your future with uh, disha. Yes. <laughs> Your future is Deesha. yes, so I, I get confused because we have our Facebook names and then we have our website names and it's all mm-hmm. different, so uh, Deesha, welcome to the Vibrarian Show, I'm so glad that you are here to talk with me about Vedic Astrology, thank you.
1: Thank you, thank you, Joel, I'm literally grateful to you and very delighted to be with you on the show and During my last show on Tuesday, it was overwhelming, you know, Um, uh, when you discuss about yourself, you tell the story about yourself, you feel uh, always overwhelmed, you know, and uh, thanks for that opportunity.
0: Well, I am pleased because I know I'm going to learn something tonight. So. Vedic astrology. We kind of touched a little bit on it um, the other day, but if you could just summarize for our listeners, what is Vedic astrology, and where does the name of this form of astrology come from? Mm-hmm. So the name has
1: uh, come from the Vedic, it's uh, um, we can say that people have given this name because they thought this is coming from the old, the most oldest culture written, written sculptures. That is Vedas. That's why it is called Vedic astrology. But as you have defined previously, that astrology is not one. If there are so many stream of astrology. Uh, that's different because of the. Uh, there have the different systems for the calculation because this astrology is totally depend on the calculations of the total astronomical um, and, uh, figures like all planets and their position, their degrees. So in Vedic astrology also, it's not the one. There are different systems through which we calculate the horoscope. So some of them are, one is KP astrology, there is one, Gemini astrology, there is a Lal Kitab astrology, Nari astrology. So they are the different systems uh, through which we do the calculations. Uh, I think they all come under the one umbrella of Vedic astrology. So Vedic astrology, the name has given because of People think the knowledge is coming from the Vedas, but still, there Mm. are subdivisions into Vedic astrology as well. So,
0: wow. uh, And there
1: is a, yeah, yeah.
0: That sounds very complex. So, this is something that is really a, a, can take a lifetime of learning as you are getting more in depth with the doing readings for people
1: yes yes definitely i do feel like that way that i'm daily learning new things you know and i feel that it i keep i will keep learning till my like you know last day because it's so vast you cannot complete all knowledge
0: i feel that it's so vast definitely Mm -hmm. one thing that we talked about the other day is that In uh, the Hindu practice, um, there would be a a cast of uh, priests, if you will, that are actually doing astrology as part of the um, religious or spiritual uh, services. Uh, But that's not necessarily so uh, restricted here, of course, in the United States. But could you share a little bit more about what that looks like then in the Hindu practice?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Definitely, it's not restricted even in India for like there are astrologers who doesn't belong to the priest families and they are practicing these services. So it's not totally you know, uh, there's no kind of restriction, but uh, okay. yes, definitely the priests are giving these services. Uh, that is the one uh, part of their, you know, their knowledge and their other services because priests are who they do the uh, pujas and then so many other things for uh, whoever is going to the temples, they are the take care of take, uh, they they take care of the temples, the Idols uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, that are situated there. So this is the uh, horoscope and astrology is the one of the part of them. So people approach them for their, you know, chart reading and for the remedies to the uh, to the priest. But definitely. Uh, as I said, uh, it's not restricted, but it depends on the belief. You know, people believe mm-hmm. in priest, as we believe. Uh, if we go to the church, we have a faith in Father. We, we, we develop that faith. So that is the same thing mm-hmm. in Hindu system. Like um, okay. I was saying, yeah, it was. I felt a social pressure because I belong to. Um, you know, my family was from a uh, very elite, uh, like my uh, my uh, in-laws. They were they were in a doctor line or engineering line. So in mm-hmm. that way, that social pressure, I felt like maybe it is acceptable or not. That kind of thing. So uh, there wasn't any restriction at all.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you
1: know,
0: it's. If- So interesting because one of the things that is fairly different in Christianity, um, uh, there is a strong, I would say, perception or teaching that astrology is wrong and that it is a conflict with a lot of people in terms of when they're in church um it would be something that you would not necessarily find talked about or it would not be supported if you were saying well i went to see my astrologer and they said this that and the other the pastor of the church might come and you know counsel you as to not doing that but it was always interesting to me because it talks about in the story of the birth of jesus how the wise men followed the star and that they Mm. actually for like three years, you know, they said they foretold the coming and that his name was written in the stars. So it was Mm. very interesting to see such a huge event that Christianity is really based on the life of Jesus Christ to have uh, astrology kind of at the, root of it and then have it turned around to be so different and I shared the other day that when I was studying um, on YouTube I found this lovely playlist by this rabbi I highly recommend anyone who's interested to go watch it it's called Astrology from the Jewish Perspective. And it is a mm-hmm. rabbi who's teaching at the weekly study of his congregation about astrology. And I didn't even know there was like a Jewish perspective on astrology. And it turns out it's very fundamental. And when you start to look at like the Kabbalah and like life development and purpose and. And it, from what he, I understand from him, it is very integral into the things that you are working on in this lifetime and to develop yourself based on why you were born at a specific time. So it, mm-hmm. it's very interesting once you start to dig deeper that things are not necessarily as they have been presented in the modern last, say, 100 or so years, very, very modern. How mm-hmm. long would you say that uh, the Hindu practice or the Vedic practice of astrology, is this an, this is an old uh, knowledge field within your culture? Oh, yes, definitely. It is very, very
1: old. Up to my knowledge, like, you know, now in a modern days, we have so much developed technology, to, you know, do the calculations about the planets, but just imagine about the sages at the time, Mm -hmm. at the ancient time, that they did not have any kind of equipment or any kind of, uh, you know, technology with them. And uh, in those uh, olden days, they had calculated so much accurately the... even Everything for the planets, their positions, their angles, and I'm like mesmerized. Mm-hmm. How they did it! Like even <laughs> with their with the, this technology, we are not that accurate. We <laughs> it's amazing. Like how they did that. So it's like it's a very very old thing, and it's there I believe it's the old god knowledge that they the god has given to them, and that they have. Uh, what I find in uh, to, Hindu culture is totally depend on the scientific basis. The rituals we follow till now uh, is totally depend on the scientific things. Even like mm-hmm. we do so many things that are astrological are um, very meaningful. The, if we talk about eclipses, we talk about new moons, full moon. there are so many rituals, uh, rituals associated with these events. And I believe mm-hmm. that in that time, sages had had they had all that knowledge, but they know uh, they cannot impart these uh, vast knowledge to common man because that time common man was not that much learn learners. So what mm-hmm. they made, they made the rituals, so that uh, in form of rituals we follow the things and that, that we'll be able to protect ourselves or you know. Uh, use that uh, time period influentially and very uh, proper way. So
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: why I I feel proud to be uh, a, a Hindu, and I I like to share this knowledge like how we, how and why we do these rituals. That's uh, mm-hmm. like during the new moon, during the full moon, why we do fast, why we do different things. Those are not. Uh, you know, superstitions, these are the based on scientific reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so similar to what I know. You know, I, I have friends who are Muslim. And Ramadan is one of those things that begins and ends with the sighting of the moon by the imams or religious leaders who then have calculated and seen, so they don't know necessarily until the beginning, and then it's like, well, it, Ramadan is now, you know, uh, because the, yeah. the the planets reach a certain place, and then Ramadan ends when the moon reaches its next place, if I'm correct, and if what I'm recalling is correctly, and, right. you know, even in, in um, American culture, one of the famous things you hear about is the farmer's almanac. You know, Mm -hmm. and basically Ben Franklin gathered all of this colloquial knowledge as to when to plant, when to harvest. And it's like a fundamental basis beyond religious ritual to know that you need to cast your nets under a certain tide and the tide is moved by the moon and you know that you're going to need to get your seeds in the ground between a certain week period of time in order for the crops to be at their fullest with the seasons. And even Mm -hmm. I've been to Chichen Itza in uh, the Mayan Peninsula, mm-hmm. which is one of the seven wonders of the modern world or ancient world, I think. And only twice a year at the equinox in March and equinox in September. There is an astrological phenomenon where the shadow of the serpent-feathered god Kukul Khan, the sun god, who is very significant to Mayan civilization, you can see then the light that creates a particular shadow showing it descending in uh, the, the Uh, March and then rising I think or I could have them wrong (laughs) I've been there in (laughs) September but this pyramid was engineered hundreds and hundreds of years ago so that when these alignments happen in the space of a 10-minute window it is that precise and the angular and calculations of the science and mathematics is such that on solstice, one, one feature shows the sun sitting on this solar disk of a statue. I mean, the calculations are mind-boggling when you imagine the technology that was being used to make these structures that are still existing today, So to me, Mm -hmm. that says there is a lot of lost knowledge about the importance that other civilizations older than us uh, knew clearly. They gave priests time to study it. There was, you know, it was a whole system of academics that was considered important and special in Mayan cultures and other cultures too, as you say. I'm excited Mm -hmm. because we're getting to a place in time now where there is like a renaissance, if you will, of of information, an explosion of people on YouTube doing readings. And you can find people reading charts in the mall, you know, or at the tourist attractions and amusement parks. So it's very, very exciting because you can also find books to the hundreds if you go to the library about all kinds of astrological study. And I love that. I'm very excited about it, you know.
1: No, definitely. This is a wonderful time. And I'm definitely, as you said, about the mind, about the Jewish and all that. Uh, in all cultures, I believe that the, the knowledge we are having now, was vast. Their, their time and they were much much ahead of us like you know in terms of knowledge uh, if you talk about that like you see the stonehenge and whatever if you see i see i i get mesmerized like how and uh, uh, how it would be possible like without the now technology how it it, it has been happened so definitely mm-hmm. we have to learn a lot about you know the Ancient timings and their
0: knowledge—they had the people that carried that time. Yes. So well, in terms of uh, what I know about Western astrology and what I believe I understand about Vedic astrology is that Western astrology is very much uh, solar-focused, solar-centric. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of talk about calculating your solar return. But systems like Mayan astrology and is and also Vedic, if I am not incorrect, uh, tend to be more of a lunar-centric perspective of looking at the charts. Is that incorrect or correct? Yes. No,
1: okay. that is totally correct. Yeah, that's that's totally correct. Yeah. So I will make you understand about the horoscope, how the horoscope has been drawn, whether it's. Uh, uh, any kind of astrology, whether Western or in uh, um, Vedic or Indian astrology you know um, the we call it uh, the horoscope as a snapshot of the sky uh, at the time of the very birth like when the child is coming out of the womb at the at that very moment if we take a snapshot of the sky so all the planets at what position they were at the time that is shown by the horoscope you know so that Mm -hmm. is how we explain the horoscope so uh, some calculate the uh, keeping in mind the sun's position at the time and like the Vedic is depends on the moon's position Uh, so and some some are believing on the ascendant sign the rising sign so rising sign is the sign from the uh, at the time of your birth where the sun was rising, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it hardly matters what aspect you take, like whether you take the moon as a main concentration or sun. But it, if you see the chart, the all planets give you, the, they are on certain angles or certain coordinates. So uh, I believe it, that, that every person has a different horoscope and it's a unique uh-huh. one and uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a, every individual is unique so as the their horoscope and as uh, the starting you were talking about the, you know uh, the forecast which is coming in the magazines or news or tv mm-hmm. or whatever medium so they work on one sign you know whether it's a moon sign mm-hmm. or ascendant sign or uh, sun sign so that, uh, that is good for the entertainment purpose you know you read it you feel good that's fine <laughs> but i believe in that that your own horoscope is unique so yeah, mm-hmm. if you have to really understand about yourself you should get done your chart read definitely because it will give you another perspective about yourself because if you talk about signs like any we start from the 80s and Gemini or whatever. If you take one sign, there are 60k plus people comes under one sign. So, how can mm-hmm. we, it's possible that all the all the 60 people, uh, 60,000 people, they are con- uh, they are having same fate on the same day or same mm-hmm. week, you know? So mm-hmm. that's what I believe in. That that is that is totally a vast scenario. But if you have to understand about yourself deeply, about your life, about your life purposes, and about your life lessons, you should go with your own chart reading. That will give Mm -hmm. you other depth, in depth information.
0: I get to experience that kind of firsthand because my five closest friends are all. Libra, and I'm a Libra in Western uh, astrology, and it's like we're seven days apart within a couple sprinkled in the middle, and so it's interesting because the general themes of something like, for say, um, there was a time a few months ago when the uh, tarot forecasts all said there is a tower moment coming for Libra, mm-hmm. and that means there's a sudden transformational change, either internal or external, that's getting ready to to happen, and we need to kind of welcome that energy to go because whatever is being torn down or destroyed in that moment needs to be so they can be rebuilt uh better for you and it did not fail that all six of us experienced in the space of 10 days something mm-hmm. that was totally unexpected but it was like mm-hmm. we each had our own flavor of the same nice. thing so we were like look we're all aligned you know but it was very yeah. unique you know somebody's car broke down and somebody you know it was very very different and exactly. yet it was so Similar. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, yeah.
0: That totally makes sense. Now, if a person understands themselves to be, say, like I understand myself to be, you know, a Libra sun sign because I was born on October 14th, is there Mm -hmm. a difference in what your primary or basic sign is between? Vedic and Western? Or would yeah, I say would the, I go more by my moon sign which is um Leo moon? Would that mm-hmm. turn into my primary uh perspective through Vedic?
1: So, uh, or would it be completely be different? <laughs> It will be completely different, completely, because as I said, okay. I work mostly on the ascendant sign, the rising sign. And the rising sign can be, can be calculated only we draw the horoscope. That means when it, it doesn't matter what date or month you are born, we have to do, I, I, I definitely need the three things that is date, time, and place. And then when I okay. put it in the uh, in the computer, and then I get your horoscope, and your ascendant sign comes different. So when when you to have talked about your ten friends, they you all have been having the different ascendant sign. So what I believe, mm-hmm. really and it's my experience, that definitely moon sign works on your personality. Sun signs definitely in, it gives the impression to your. Uh, uh, you know, personality, but also the ascendant sign. So all color, they work on yourself, on your personality, and that's why every Libra, uh, if you talk about Libra, the every Librarian, they are different in, you know, mm-hmm, in some mm-hmm. or the other aspects. Uh, they may be sharing some aspects, personality aspects, but in other way. They they may be very different, so that's why because all the three things impact them, and uh, the the all planets in in like if you understand about the chart, uh, there in our chart whether it's a Western or uh, whether it's a Vedic chart, we have twelve houses in both terms. Okay. So in our yeah, so in these twelve houses. We have nine planets. They now uh, in Western there are more because they are uh, taking into consideration like Chiron and all other things. Mm-hmm. But in in Vedic we take consider we only take only nine planets here. Actually, they are not actual planets. Some of them are virtual. So I, if I get the time, I will explain it that later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just explaining it that the position of each planet in your chart that makes a vast difference in your personality and your lifestyle. So it's very Mm -hmm. important to understand the whole chart, to uh, read the
0: whole chart. That's so interesting. You know, I have friends who are, you know, resistant to the idea of astrology because they say, I'm not going to let some horoscope direct my life. And what I like to say is that these are really just lenses and that you can pick up any kind of lens to view what is happening to you. Um some mm-hmm. people all of us are viewing it through our experiential lens, meaning whatever we previously kind of experienced as a as a human being, it automatically colors and frames the version that we then experience, and so that can look like a person who has had a very negative early experience begins to see their life through a lens of negativity, for example, Mm -hmm. or a person who is positively aspects, then they experience what is happening to them through a joyful lens. So to me, things like uh, horoscopes or uh, tarot or divination or church or other religious Uh, beliefs, these are lenses with which you can have your experience and if something is helping you and benefiting you, then I don't think you should discard it. <laughs> you know, even yes, if there's yes. some negativity teaching in, in the society around you, if it helps you to know when to cast your nets, then cast your nets with it by the moon, <laughs> you know, and the moon. Yes, yeah. so if now, did you, uh, sorry. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. No, go ahead.
1: Yeah, as you talk about the experience, so I believe in that everybody's experience is different at the same place, at the same time, at the same scenario. So definitely, it, and the beliefs come from their experiences. So that's why everybody has different beliefs as per their experiences.
0: Now, do you suggest people, uh, is it something that a parent, in, say, like Hindu culture, would you take your child to the temple after it is born and have the priest prepare um, a, a chart for your child in order to understand the potential of the child? Or is it something that is more approached as an adult? Or is it kind of a whenever the people want to... Begin to look at the astrology
1: uh, in, in in Indian culture. Definitely in Hindu culture, it's the you know essential part. Then when the child is born in the uh, house or in the hope day, uh, the, their horoscope has to be cast within seven days of time. And in uh-huh. our family, yes, we we get done the chart. For everyone, and we see, uh, you know, the time of, like, uh, we when we go to the astrologer or to the priest, they get done their chart. But definitely, it's not like we just ask the full life story about what is the child and how, what the positives and negatives. We don't do that. But definitely, everybody has get them their chart. Like every parent get done their chart for their child. And the very at the very beginning
0: of their you know, birth, yeah, that's a ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's. I think that'd be <laughs> exciting to be able to have that awareness at the beginning of a child's life. One thing that we um, you shared in uh, Tuesday's show, you did an on-air reading for one of our callers, which I just, I'm just so appreciative of that. But you said that there were different charts than uh, the the individual who was calling was very curious about some career choices that she wanted to make. So you Mm -hmm. did a specific kind of chart in order to look at that area of her life rather than like a general natal or birth picture. Um, And so how many... Can you do you have a sense of how many types of charts you would is it even possible to answer that if is there a certain number of charts that you're aware of that you could use to help a person who comes for a reading
1: So you know there are numerous charts and definitely uh, I cannot number right now because different astrologers use different numbers so uh, and mm-hmm. I, as I said, I follow the Nadi astrology in that, you know, uh, on that day, I, I defined that I have looked to the D9 chart, but all whatever chart are there, whether it's a D9 or D10, it's not different from the, as I talked about the Lagna chart, the, the uh, Natal chart, because all these charts comes when we revolve that chart. Uh, up to certain house you know it's not like we are drawing okay. another chart yeah it's the same chart okay but only to uh you know only to focus on the question on the aspect of the person's uh, you know whatever they are looking for we have to just revolve mm-hmm. the chart of on a particular house so, for example, like if I, uh, that consultation was about for the career, so we loop the career from the 10th house. So, D9 and D10 chart comes when we revolve the chart uh, on the 9th or 10th house. That's all, you know, mm, it's not like we are okay. dra- drawing another chart. Yeah, it was the same chart, but just We made the Ascendant, the ninth house, we revolved it and made it as Ascendant to get the clear answers about the question.
0: Okay. Sorry, I dropped my phone, so I missed about 10 seconds of that. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So you were saying about the houses. Yes, I did catch that. So.
1: Yeah, I can... Uh, repeat it if you want. <laughs> I can say yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yes, so yeah, sure. So I was telling that all these charts, these are not different from the Lagna chart. We uh, we draw it from the Lagna chart only. It's the chart like we revolve that the, the it uh, love chart itself to with the some particular house. Like if uh, mm-hmm. we talked about the career. So we see the career from the ninth house and tenth house. So uh, when we have to get the answers, so we revolve that particular lagna chart uh, 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 to that particular house, like ninth house or tenth house, and that means mm-hmm. we make the ninth house the lagna, the ascendant of that person. So it's the same chart, just the position oh. of the. Things, yeah, so it's not we are drawing Another chart or we do other, Another calculations, no it's not Like that, it's just the same metal chart We are just revolving To get the clear answer About that particular question If it is about marriage, we revolve It to the uh, other other uh, House, so it's The same metal chart So okay. there shouldn't be any Confusion, I, yeah
0: Okay, yes, I understand that Better, I think is it's Is this seventh house is the house of marriage and partnerships? Yes, yes. Yes. So in terms of when you have your natal chart, then you Hmm. look at uh, nine planetary bodies. So Hmm. within the 12 houses, some of your houses may not have an actual planet in them. But we all know that, it, you know, we still are all, as humans, going to be dealing with universal themes. And that's really what the houses divide our life into, is such as career and community, marriage and partnership, um, our individual goals and desires. Um, So it's... it's interesting because people will say, well, I have five planets in retrograde at the time that I was born, you know, or mm-hmm. yeah. um, they'll look to say, well, you know, I was, there are certain in Western astrology, certain transits that were happening for a whole generation of people, especially when you look at like a big planet that takes a long time to go around the solar rotation, these would be generational themes that are happening if you're looking through a Western focus. But it sounds like um, in Vedic, it's not so much focused on the generalities as it is focused on the specificity yes, of the individual. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, so the natal chart, we are, uh, you know, doing the calculation, that is totally giving you the information about yourself. Definitely, it uh, like as you talked about the houses, each house house represents some event or some aspect of your life and when we see there is no planet in that but that is impacting on to your life because the number uh, the house has because there are 12 houses but the number as I talked about the ascendant sign the ascendant is the first house and it is always not number one it has always different numbers so that is called the Lord of that house, you know. Suppose there is a nine number on the first house, so that means that has the person is a Sagittarius born, and Sagittarius lord is uh, Jupiter. So the first house lord is Jupiter. So if there is no planet in that first ascendant, that means that all authority is being given to the Jupiter because nine number is there so if it is the the mm. house is empty there's still influence of some planets to that particular related to the particular house so that is the mm. one thing and def- yeah yeah that's very important actually and uh, as you said uh, retrograde thing yeah definitely we look at the retrograde thing uh, at the time of the birth the degrees and uh, positions of the planets you know uh, mm-hmm. So that definitely impact the person's life if some some planet is in retrograde at the time of the birth. But I believe in that. Uh, it's, uh, to get a retrograde in your child, it's not bad bad at all mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. I have seen uh, it's my personal experience. Retrograde means nothing bad. And right now we are on yes. must Mercury retrograde. You know. So, mm-hmm. on that day, if you feel that on our previous call, we dropped the call. And if you feel that it's <laughs> doing by that time, you know, I don't believe it. It was just a call today, you know. So, yeah. So, it depends totally how you see the things. Uh,
0: so. Well, it's funny because we actually have had a show about Mercury Retrograde to kind of demystify some of the, you know, bad name that Mercury gets, <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, uh, you know, we hear in Western astrology things like Saturn is the lord of karma or Venus is about love and Mercury is the messenger. Are the kind of personality or energy traits similar in Vedic astrology and how we talk about the planetary influences?
1: Yes, it's almost the same thing. We see it here, the Venus, the uh, Saturn definitely. Saturn is called the uh, uh, planet of karmas, you know. So, but there are some differences. Like uh, in Western, there's no Rahu and Ketu, but in uh, in our uh, Vedic chart, definitely they play a very important role, and they are not uh, actual planets. They are shadow planets, and in Western, mm-hmm. they they can, and they are taking into consideration different stars like Chiron and etc., and uh, previously we were not taking into consideration the pluto and uranus but i we are <laughs> anti- and, um, uh you know i do calculate those things but i believe th- uh, that the, these uh, two or other planets they have major impact on the mundane level not on very individual level so definitely mm-hmm. i calculate them but i don't Put much emphasis for the calculation When I'm doing the individual
0: Calculation mm-hmm. Well I think it's important to note That astrology In any form Is not um, a, a It's an Evolutionary Topic so There are new ways at looking at the planets and the movements. Um, You know, you never would have heard of Mercury called, you know, about computers and technology and messaging and phones, uh, of course, Mm -hmm. in a time when that was not relevant. But it is a current science where the field of thought is actually continuing to evolve, a living science, if you will.
1: And I like that, saying. too. Yes, I totally believe in that. You know, it's a, astrology is an evol- evolutionary science, then it is changing, definitely, as further aspects
0: change, you know. Now, if someone comes to you and says, uh, like, if I were to say, I, my birthday is coming up in uh, October, and in preparation for that, I want to get all a series of charts done for myself to see uh, what energies I can work with, what opportunities there are in Western. That would be, oh, get a solar return chart, right? Um, yeah. How, when a person approaches you for a uh, um, or astrological reading how much time goes into say just a a single view like what is this year going to be talking about for me how long does it take you to really prepare a a chart and a reading for a person Uh,
1: definitely if you talk about the one year but in one year i look for the all aspects like the person if you're Uh, like the common questions about the common events like marriage, money, you know, job, all aspects. So it definitely takes time. So it definitely is around nowhere from half an hour to one hour of calculations to get done that whole uh, year thing, you know, to understand what the whole year will bring to that person in terms of all aspects so I definitely see always mm-hmm. where the person asks me about uh, about the health you know that is my uh, always in my agenda because people ask me about their career their job mostly uh, they forget about health and I give emphasis always to the health because that's more important to me uh, before it comes before to me uh, than like money so I'm so, if the uh, my client whether they ask me or not, I definitely see their health for if whatever time they ask me, if it, it can be one year, uh, you know, reading or five year reading, they 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 can ask. So, mm-hmm. definitely, it takes it takes one hour time for me to calculate mm-hmm. do the calculations. Yeah.
0: And is health a, a particular house or to? set of one or two houses then that you would uh, focus in on
1: no no it's the whole chart I have to see all (laughs) yeah I have to even for a single question you know even while while I'm doing the short reading uh, like in the psychic fair with the Gloria uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there I am doing just 20 minutes reading but I Mm -hmm. ask them to go with the specific question because i have to do the all calculations like i have to calculate all the nine planets how they are in the chart so definitely if they are up to the point at for the short time of reading it 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 will be very easy for me to do the things because when i am doing the full chart reading I do the whole thing as per my time, whether it's a one hour or more than that. I take, I give that time because I do with patience, you know. But in the small mm-hmm. reading, I, sometimes I feel it's a little less time for doing the reading. Where, uh, if you talk about astrological reading, definitely 20 minutes are very less for the calculation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, it wouldn't even be possible without the computer technology to first uh, you know, even begin. I've seen some of the, the paper uh with the ephemeras and and te- transit oh, tables yeah. and oh my gosh, it's just mine with oh, too yeah, many yeah. numbers, too many numbers <laughs> numbers and symbols looks too much like math for me. <laughs> oh yeah but, definitely
1: um, I've I'm talking about one hour time with the with my laptop with the uh, software I have. Uh, without that, it will take one day. You know, if I'm doing with the memories and with that, oh my God, it's a lengthy, very lengthy calculations. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And. Hmm. Now you learned from your mother-in-law about Vedic astrology, uh, correct?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. I love that that's uh, inherited knowledge, you know, passed down from person to person and generation to generation as well. And I, I love that there's so many young people who are excited about things like astrology that are picking up at a very early age, certainly earlier than I was just kind of casually curious in my teens, but there are young people who are like really they understand their signs and their charts to a level that I had no clue about at that age, you know. Right, right. So even now, I.
1: Uh, I, Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Continue. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So, no, no, ask anything. I'm sorry. I just.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I wanted to touch on here, I know it's a huge subject for us to like really be able to get to in depth um, eclipses, so we are right now in the middle of an eclipse cycle, meaning the solar eclipse is followed by the lunar eclipse when they they line up, and so on July second, we had a partial solar eclipse, and then we'll have a partial lunar eclipse on I think the 16th or 17th and of course we all it was such a big deal two years ago for the grand solar eclipse of August uh, was that 2017 which uh, people traveled to go see it and it was clearly visible across North America and it's so interesting because if you could imagine in times when There was no technology, and people were living very much more connected to nature. How it would have been to experience the darkening of the sun um, in terms of it had to freak people out on a level, but clearly there were other priests and, and people who then began to study these eclipses to be able to know when they would be coming again. It kind of just blows my mind that somewhere thousands of years ago, somebody figured out that the sun and the moon were blocking the light of each other and they (laughs) thought it significant enough to begin calculating it. But um, in today's society, the way I understand it is that solar eclipses would bring things to light in our external reality things that may have previously been hidden that now can be made visible because of this uh, temporary uh, blockage. And then the lunar mm-hmm. eclipse would speak to internal revelations of an emotional nature, things that had previously been hidden from our awareness that now have opportunities to come forth as well. Now, Is that a similar teaching in Vedic astrology or can you speak to the significance of the eclipses in Vedic astrology? Uh,
1: Yeah, in Vedic astrology, it's uh, almost the same significance as you have talked about for the eclipses and definitely there is a very important role of these eclipses in Vedic astrology. So we have, you know, in a whole year, we uh, all, uh, uh, we have two solar eclipses and two lunar eclipses in a year. Sometimes, and it's very rarely, there can be three in a year. Mm-hmm. So in a whole mm-hmm. year, there are four days of these eclipses, you know. And that's why they uh, they play a very major role. And in in Hindu culture, they are very important. And this year we had first our solar eclipse and lunar eclipse in the month of January. Now the mm-hmm. second one we are having that both uh, lunar eclipse and solar eclipse in the month of July. And uh, every year these eclipses are different because of the positions they are mm-hmm. you know occurring and uh, so. Um, in these, this month, July is very specific in terms of the Vedic astrology because of all the conjunctions and all the you know aspects of the other planets, uh, other planets. and that's why it's very really important. Um, uh, though the January uh, eclipses were intense, but the intensity mm-hmm. which is now in this month is vast vast ahead of that. January. The reason is because right now there's a very very tight conjunction of of planets right now. So uh, uh, if I talk about so right now let me see my uh, notes because I have to see what degree and where they were. So right now if you see in July month the sun and Rahu are in conjunction and uh, it is opposite to the k2 and saturn and so they four, the four planets are in a very, really very tight conjunction and this eclipse is happening in that tight conjunction so that's why the uh, energy of this july is so complex is so stressful you know uh, even the mm-hmm. june was June had the same thing, but uh, because the time that the condition has been started, this, uh, this whole thing has been started from the month of June, but in month of June, it was little less, you know, uh, less complex, less turbulent, but July is i think if uh, people understand they they can feel it that that complexity that uh, intensity in their uh, in in their life even i am feeling definitely from the on as you talked about the second of july we had the solar eclipse though it was not visible mm-hmm. in the north america it was visible in the Uh, Clearly visible in the South America, you know, Uh, but Mm -hmm. we are definitely get impacted whether it's uh, visible or non visible to us You know so that energy has been started from the 2nd of July and it is going to continue till 16th or 17th of July depending on the uh, you know uh, uh, Where you are on the earth so somewhere Mm -hmm. some places it is 16th and some places it is 17th so Definitely, this is bringing like uh, that time that was the solar eclipse, it was about all about our soul and all that. And right now, we are going into the lunar eclipse, it is all about emotions. So, people feel irritated, stressful, you know. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So and you know in in our culture we we have certain rituals to follow uh, during the time of eclipses because it's not mm. something bad because this is the you know universe of slumna so I don't think anything bad in that it's all about the energy which is you know so condensed here so we take certain precautions like we uh, and that is I feel the eclipses times is Good for spirituality, you know. So, doing mm-hmm. the japas and the mantras and chanting mantras, doing yoga and in following your spiritual, you know, exercises, whatever you are doing, is the best time. So, uh, anybody mm-hmm. listening, they should think about that. Like, you know, spend your time uh, basically during the eclipse time. You see um, in the calendar or in the website on the NASA or any other website, you find the time of uh, at, at as per your, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. job, geographical time. So, and, and I believe that is like you have, the Eclipses remind us to uh, slow down ourselves, whether it's emotional mm-hmm. or whether it's, it's yeah. So um, they remind us to, Spend some time spiritually. Give your time spiritual in spiritual things. So that is the best time for that. And uh, uh, eclipse time. I believe that we believe in that. That these times are not good for initiating new things or starting new things, doing starting new projects or something. Just give them uh, avoid that time and day after that or some some time after that whenever it's feasible just do it later on not on
0: the day of the eclipse you know Mhm. yeah so you mentioned conjunctions with the solar eclipse when there are a lot of planets in conjunction and eclipse uh comes on top of that What kinds of experiences or energies could you describe what that – is it busyness in your life? Is it uh, things – being tired? Uh, Is is there any kind of description you can – say yeah people yeah now that the solar eclipse is over uh, not over but the energies are still here but i mean the main day of it like what are some things that people can say oh i did experience that <laughs> yes yes
1: uh, you know uh, Jewel, uh solar eclipse like their energy remains for a longer time like you can feel for the mm-hmm. six months to years and but for the lunar eclipse the energy is not for that long it's for the shorter time period like day and day after of the eclipse that's it so uh definitely uh when there's a very tight conjunction about so many planets and the eclipse comes in between that it brings more you know the people feel tired they feel you know um more stressful and emotionally, they feel drained out. And uh, mm-hmm. what I believe, it, as I told you, uh, that uh, eclipse times shows us that it's a time to calm down. It's time to slow down. Don't give mm-hmm. the weightage to anything, anything emotionally or mentally. Your your thoughts can be so you know, uh, like fast. Like uh, your emotions go so. Kind of out of your, you know, uh, control. So, uh, and but as a human being, we, if we understand that the outer things can impact us less when we have a knowledge about that. When we know that mm-hmm. time is there, and you think that okay, that time will go, and you do do the breath work. Definitely, that time. That is the most significant thing I like to do. And in our culture, mm-hmm. people do the fasting, we do the donations, mantras chanting, so many things we do during that time and the but major thing I feel it is the patience you have to learn to be more patient during that time that is the mantra of mm-hmm. our
0: host,
1: eclipses you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing i i um One example that I've come to understand Is things like um, Solar uh, Your external reality Um, It seems to me that there are Then things that come out In the public eye That's when there tend to be Scandalous revelations Or things that are Very disturbing So I think like The whole Me Too movement of people beginning to really come out more strongly about the sexual harassment that they experienced happened after, like right behind the grand solar eclipse of 2017. And even just this month, we've had uh, new revelations of a a person being charged for uh, sex crime. And that had kind of been swept under the rug for decades, and now it's coming out, and he's being charged again, so to me, that's like an external revelation that then by the time the lunar eclipse is here on you know next week you you've got to deal with your emotional response to these kinds of things, and it can be very challenging because we have to say as a society. Are, is this, are these things things that we're going to tolerate? Are, how did we get to this point? So it's kind of like it's good because what's, what's bad has to come to light in order for us to then change it, but it can be very stressful and painful for people to realize that there are such problems to the level that they are in our society. So to me, eclipses, uh, that that would be very representative of the things that are uncomfortable being revealed so that we can deal with them rather than them remaining in the shadows or out of our view because uh, we have to know what is happening, and if it's happening and it makes us feel bad, then we have to then move to respond to that in some kind of way instead of just going about, our everyday business. So I tell people, buckle your seat belts, you know, about a month ago, I said, be prepared for some things that are probably pretty really nasty and ugly to come out, because we're getting ready for another eclipse cycle, you know, be prepared. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks, Joel, to, you know, put it in, in a very clear language. Thanks for that, to explaining it in a very beautiful way. Like, I was not having the words to explain it, but you said all that. So, thanks. Thanks a lot.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad I'm right, <laughs> <laughs> then, because sometimes I have the wrong thought about things, and astrologers like, honey, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> You know but <laughs> <laughs> No, no. On the um, on the
1: mundane level, you have definitely explained mm-hmm. it uh, totally on the mundane level, very beautifully. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. um, I know a couple years ago, the the eclipses were there were three eclipse sets in where the planets were in Aries and Libra in terms of mm-hmm. uh, Western charting, and. It, I didn't know that really until after midway through it, but it was a lot of things in my interpersonal relationships. That were being changed and shifted And that's a time when certain friendships wound up changing um, My career and who I was working with wound up changing Because I was, I guess, being challenged to look at my individuality as Aries And then the way that I partner with people as Libra And I definitely, you know, I felt aligned with that Eclipse energy of those planetary Energies as I understood Them and um, What is are these Happening then in a specific Planetary energy in the Vedic System
1: uh, Right Now if you're asking yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes Yeah So the lunar eclipse is happening On 16th of July It's in the Gemini You know and okay. uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a very important day in terms of hin- for the Hindus because it's a very significant day. Uh, it's on the day of Guru Purnima, and Guru Purnima is, you know, Guru means the teacher, and it is a specific day we celebrate to honor the Guru, you know. Guru can be a teacher mm-hmm. or any anybody, you know, who like a spiritual guru, uh uh, uh Teacher, like in a school, so and that particular day is being celebrated to honor them, and this eclipse is happening on the on the day of Guru Purnima. So, and uh, what mm. we calculate, I have not done the calculations here, but uh, as we work on the nakshatras also, so we have to look out that uh, in which nakshatra the eclipse is happening. So that will give uh, another kind of information. About the uh, mm. energy which the eclipse carry, uh, whether it's a lunar or a solar eclipse. Uh, but any uh, whatever is there, I believe in that. It definitely uh, affects uh, on a to an individual on a personal level, definitely, um, and on the on the national level also. Like uh, in terms of if you talk about mundane level, that energy brings. And uh, if I I talk about this particular time, this is a little time of complexity and turbulence. And uh, as you have talked before mm-hmm. about 2017, eclipse, and uh, I you mm-hmm. know I got a uh, I I got a love to watch that because I was in North that time. I was in Pennsylvania that time. I mean, even the schools arranged the whole schools arranged to let mm-hmm. the kids watch watch that phenomena. And my son was mm-hmm. in a, uh, in the elementary, and he got the chance, and he was so excited about that. And that was the mm-hmm. one time, yeah. It's a, it's a time, a kind of a one-time experience in their life. And I believe in that. Like nowadays, it, this knowledge and this these experiences are open to a common man, and so that un, they mm-hmm. understand all these energies and all these phenomena, and they. They uh, and uh, take advantage of learning the, uh, the you know how they impact us and what are they. So.
0: Absolutely, I love it, and I definitely had it just a really it was a powerful time for me personally, and we were very celebratory about it and kind of educational about it in 2017, and it it was just great because I, I remember I think maybe when I was in. My elementary school years, which would have been in the 70s, Um, I was born Mm -hmm. in 71, and I think I remember seeing an eclipse on my uh, grandparents' farm when I would have been like maybe five or six. And I don't know if it was a total eclipse, but, you know, I have a vague memory of being very, very young and thinking, oh, this isn't going to happen again until I'm, quote, unquote, old. (laughs) And now I'm 47, (laughs) which is not so old as it would have seemed, but it's definitely like um, I went to see the transit of Venus. Oh, um, a couple, Mm -hmm. I guess it was back in 2010, maybe. And I went to Mm -hmm. uh, a park here in Atlanta, and all of the astronomy clubs were out there. And there were people who brought very sophisticated telescopes and allowed, like, children to use them. And there were families with picnic blankets. And (laughs) it was like just to see this little tiny planetary speck move across. Us the sun, but it was totally cool. <laughs> you know, I'm yes, like, oh, this yes. is great that we're living in. I guess all the science geeks <laughs> all got together <laughs> at the park. <laughs> but uh, the technology yeah. that's available to us at home, both on computers, to be able to run charts and telescopes, to be able to look at things from our backyard, to being able to click and pull up websites, and I got to, a friend told me to do, uh, I think it's Maha Shivarati, um, uh-huh, the yeah. um, midnight meditation, and so I okay. was listening and staying awake all night and trying to <laughs> anyway to uh, be with this millions of millions of people who were participating in this uh, observation that was like, I would never have gotten to do that 20 years ago. So there's for so many reasons. I'm very excited about, you know, all that, all that we are doing and have opportunity to learn. Yes,
1: definitely. Yeah, it's a wonderful time. We are
0: well, for people who are interested in getting a chart with you, you said your website is? Yeah, my
1: website is Com, and there are different services available on the site. You pick up that uh, service and just click, and you can pay online, and there is information about each service. All you would like to log on to, go to my facebook page that is the palmistry with desha from there also you can contact me or my number is there also you can call me or text me uh, my email address is deshaastrologer at gmail.com you can email me i will send you the, all the specific information you want to know about the services and about the charges
0: Awesome, yes And I wanted to mention that not only are you an astrologer You are also a palmist and, And practice the science of reading palms and a psychic and gifted reader And um, if you are in the Atlanta area uh, Roswell, Georgia is a northern suburb And Gloria Parker's big psychic fair Has been going on the first weekend of the month Now for thirty, almost 30 years And you can always pop in up there It's on Saturday from 10 to 6 And Sunday from 12 to 6 Uh, Is it the Big Blue Barn, also known as Harmony Place? And the address is 1035 Green Street, Roswell, Georgia. So if you are interested in just having a little taste, because like we said, 20 minutes isn't quite long enough to uh, get into a really in-depth kind of reading like I plan to have with Tisha in the future, (laughs) uh, you could definitely have your 20 minutes or book two sessions with her. That's always a possibility if you get there in time. I will tell you, her slides... Tend to fill up pretty quickly because I haven't been able to slide into one myself. So definitely go on up there, and if you do, tell her the vibrant you heard about uh her on the Vibrary Radio Network and part of the Good Five Tribe. Deisha, I'm so grateful for you, and I could keep talking about subjects like this probably until I fell asleep every night because <laughs> I just find it so fascinating and interesting. And I can tell we only covered a very small tip of the iceberg of a very complex but fascinating field of study. So thank you, Deisha, for coming on this evening. Did you have any parting wisdom or words of advice from people who are wanting to look into their vedic chart yeah and first of all thank you so much
1: for inviting for your show and definitely uh, i will say like uh, in vedic chart you will it's it's so predictive about your life you know and it's not at all scary like we we um, <laughs> you uh, people get scared so no it's not mm-hmm. at all scary because i believe fate is not defined if you come priorly about anything there are so many ways to cut the things down so i will say just get your chart read and get the, all the things beforehand <laughs> before it touch your life
0: Yes, and if you are a person who does not know your time of birth, it is possible to have your chart run. Um, it will take a little more investment on on your part and the astrologer's part in order to be able to kind of reverse engineer into um, understanding more specifically when you were born but it is possible so many people i know say i don't know what time i was born it wasn't even put on my birth certificate you know for a lot of people that is the case but uh, never fear there is a solution and a way to go about it and i know that disha would be happy to go over that with you we touched briefly about it the other day And so, uh, definitely, if you've ever been curious but felt you could never have a reading because you just were missing a piece of the puzzle, it is possible to discover more information about yourself. Yes, definitely. It is possible. Yeah. Well, to everyone who has tuned in, I'm so grateful that you are joined us for this conversation. If anyone who's listening on the phone lines has a question before we close, just press the one key and I'll bring you on. And I will be back this coming Tuesday. Um, I have a lovely lady who is living out of the country. She, her name is Hypatia. Hypatia, and she is going to be here. She has a YouTube channel called Soul Whisperer 999. And that's how I discovered her. A couple of her readings were really resonating with me. And we got to chatting. And she, I think she has a really fascinating and interesting story of how she ended up uh, moving to South America and beginning to step into reading and providing services for people. That will be Tuesday on the Psychic Side show which airs at 8 p.m on this same channel which is six four six seven eight seven eight four three six on the vibrary radio network and the week after that I am very excited because I'm going to have Chris of all things intuitive. Chris is also uh, one of the service providers at the psychic fair. She's one of the Reiki resident Reiki healers and also provides psychic readings. And she has created a beautiful Oracle card deck called messages of love. So she will be on the week of the 23rd to talk about her deck and to talk about her psychic journey and story. And um, as always, I can't say it as many times, I'm super excited to have her on the show. So uh, she has she's a fan of Nisha. She said such positive things about you on Instagram and was like, everybody listen to the show. Deisha's great. So I love Man. that we have a beautiful community of people who are bringing light, working, who are bringing their gifts and abilities to those who – Are seeking them out And I just love being part of all this In a meaningful way so, I, Deisha, I wish you the best on Saturday. I won't be there this month because I'm traveling, visiting family, but I mm-hmm. look forward to connecting with you and having my own reading. I will definitely be talking about it on the show afterwards because I'm sure it will be very insightful. So thank you again, Deisha. I really do appreciate you. I'm giving you a hug from across the miles.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you, Gerald, and thank you to Chris also like for appreciating it. Definitely I'd like to meet her on the, fair day, on the psychic fair day.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a good time <laughs> up there. So to each of you, I absolutely wish you that the weekend the rest of your week is just filled with so many blessings that they spill out from your arms and bless the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors and loves the light in you. Namaste. Namaste.